So we want to teach a little while this morning. I want you to turn to the book of Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we just sanctify your name today as we go to the word of God. We pray the word of God will do its work within us. You said if this seed falls into a good ground heart, the seed itself will bring forth fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. One thing is for sure, if our hearts constitute good ground and this seed gets in it, we won't leave here like we came in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We have your word on it in the name of Jesus today. Powerful things can happen if you haven't come to the place that you don't see the need for God's word in your life. If you haven't come to the place that you feel you have nothing left to learn. I believe the greatest teachers of Scripture are people that are ever learning. Ever learning. There are some that were ever learning, the Bible said, but never came to the knowledge of the truth. But when you come to the knowledge of the truth, you cannot know a lot of things. There's a lot of things I don't know. But you can't unknow what you do know. That's the glory of this. Once the Word of God really gets revealed to you, you can run from it. You can close your mind from it, but it's there. You can't unknow it. So we want to get something down on the inside that can change us. How many have needs in your life that only God can meet? And you know that only God can meet them. Well, it's going to involve two things. God's willingness to help you and your faith in that willingness of God to help you. Christ couldn't do anything for anyone that did not believe. He can't even save you if you don't believe. He that believes, and that involves the repentance of our sin and trusting Christ to forgive our sin and trusting His finished work at the cross. He that believes shall be saved. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes shall be saved. And you understand believing is forsaking your sin. It's called repentance. Turning to Christ and putting your trust in Him for the forgiveness that is essential to our salvation. By the way, without the confession of sin, there can be no forgiveness of sin. One of the missing things in the preaching on salvation today is that somehow you can get saved without repenting of sin. That's impossible biblically. John the Baptist came preaching repentance. And he was baptizing unto repentance. When Christ came, he he said... uh, He came preaching repentance. Amen. When the apostles came, they preached repent. Amen. In the book of Revelation, the message of repentance is given. It's turning from sin to Christ, from darkness to light. Listen carefully. This is important. When we preach the gospel, all that He, the good news of Jesus, what He has accomplished on the cross, all of that constitutes the faith. That was once delivered to the saints. And Paul preached the gospel at a place called Lystra here in Acts chapter 14. He preached the gospel. Everybody say he preached the gospel. Here's what I want you to know about needs being met while the gospel is being preached. The gospel of Jesus Christ involves everything that he accomplished when he hung on the cross in our place. Everything that he accomplished. 
is, constitutes the good news. Gospel means good news. I remember a preacher uh, telling that he was coming back from Hawaii where he, uh, where he had preached a crusade and he was on his way back. And he's, he was seated by a businessman who was reading the newspaper. He was intently reading the newspaper. Well, he said, I pulled out my Bible, just began to read some scripture. And he said, the moment I pulled out my Bible, you know, body language tells you a lot about what's going on inside. He said, the businessman beside of him did this. The moment the Bible came out, he kind of pulled over like that. And he pulled his paper up to where he couldn't even see in his peripheral. He was intimidated that a man sitting behind, because I guess he figured that guy was going to, you know, pressure him to get saved. Or he, he, listen, you just get around a Christian. If you're not saved, you, conviction is, a, is probably going to happen to you. <laughs> Amen. So, so he's sitting there trying to be nonchalant and ignore this. And, and, and so his name was John. The preacher's name was John. And I remember John saying, he said, he said I, I looked over at him and he wouldn't look at me. He said, I took my hand, I pulled the paper down. Then he glared at me, and I opened my Bible and showed it to him and said, "You got the bad news. I got the good news." Can you say that's all he said to him the whole trip? But he made his point. You got the bad news. I've got the good news. We used to sing that old camp meeting hymn. I have I have good news to bring, and that is why I sing. Oh, let me tell you something about the good news. Amen. The Bible said good news from a far country is like a cool drink of water to a thirsty man. Can you say amen? It's so refreshing in a world filled with bad news to know that there's good news, and the good news is, is encapsulated in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go and preach the gospel. And of the kingdom, can you say man, into all nations. And when this gospel of the what? Of the kingdom, the rule of Christ, the lordship of Christ. When this gospel, not just any gospel, but the specific gospel of the kingdom is preached into all the world, then shall the end come. And I want you to know we are in the kingdom for a time such as this to accomplish this high, holy, heavenly calling. You may not be a preacher behind a pulpit. You may not have the media outlet that we have opportunity to. But if you're a Christian, when you share your testimony of what Christ did for you, you are a proclaimer of the gospel of the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. All right. Let's see what happened down at Lystra. Acts chapter 14. It said, and let's begin reading with, uh, with verse 6. It says, They were aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe and the cities of Laconia and to the region that lieth round about. And there they preached the gospel. Everybody say that with me. And there they preached the gospel. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to say that again. And there they preach the gospel. Now, somebody's about to get healed. I'm going to jump ahead. I'm going to give you... This is a spoiler. Spoiler alert. Somebody's about to get a miracle. Somebody in that crowd is about to get a miracle, a supernatural manifestation of God, and be healed of something that only God could do. Somebody's about to get a miracle. Well, if miracles are about to occur, I want to know how you qualify. 
There's no question that God can do it. How do we qualify? What qualifies us? What was the message being preached that brought the faith in the person to be able to receive what God had already provided? What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? Listen, Paul said, I'm pure from the blood of all men because I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Not the parts that people choose and pick, but the, uh, the entire counsel of God. Amen. The Bible said in the book of Jude, I suppose it's needful that I write unto you that you earnestly contend for the faith, that body of truth that was once delivered to the saints. For no other foundation can any man lay than that that has already been laid. For we are built upon the apostles and the prophets, the Old and New Testament. Don't let somebody tell you the Old is not relevant anymore. It is. Because the God of the Old Testament happens to be the God that we're dealing with, just in a different dispensation. But that God exists today. He's real today. He's relevant today. Hallelujah. When you get saved, you don't need the law of Moses because it's written on the tables of your heart. And the Jews were, the Gentiles were doing by nature that that was contained in the law the new nature keeps the law amen the law is not gone it's being lived out in a different way god hasn't changed his mind about thou shalt not amen, amen. he still don't want you killing nobody amen. he don't want you coveting their money or their honey amen. and i'm not talking about bee honey neither can you say amen 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 but when you get saved, what was provoking the Jews to jealousy, they were trying to keep the law and couldn't. Amen. Or wouldn't. But here's Gentiles that are keeping the law that are not under the law. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? He takes you out from under the law so you can keep the law on a higher level and do it from the heart. Yes, Hallelujah. Because of the change yes. that Christ makes within your life. Amen. There they preach the gospel. The gospel. The gospel. And the Bible said in verse 8, And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. That's a whole different approach, isn't it? It's not trying to get God to respond to our need. It's developing the faith to receive what He has already decided to do. There's so, such a lack of manifestation of the presence and power of God. So lack, such a lack. And I'm not just talking in what we would call a strict denominational structure that's drifted away from the truth. I'm talking about in churches that have a sign out front that the sign indicates they believe in the fullness of God. They believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And yet, there is, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like the old Indian that got saved years ago and a revival came to town. And he was used to God manifesting himself, not just listening to a great preacher preach. So he went to the revival every night and they asked him, well, what did you think of the... See, they call it revival when a speaker speaks for so many days now, uh, which is not revival unless something occurs during that time. So they asked the old Indian Christian, they asked him, said, how did you like the revival after seven days of going? And he said... Much thunder, much wind, no rain. Amen. 
no rain. No rain. What he was talking about was there was great anointed preaching, but there was no manifest presence of God. Amen. Listen to me. We need the rain. We need the latter rain. We need God's water, His living water. Can you say amen? Paul went down to Lystra with the other apostles, and there they preached the gospel. And there said a man listening to the what? The gospel. Did he go down as a as a as we would try to put it, someone with a, an anointing to for healing? Did he go? Down, was he preaching directly healing? No, he was preaching the gospel. And yet, someone got faith from the gospel to be healed. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? That he's not just zeroing in on healing, and yet here's people being healed. Faith to be healed was rising up as the what? The gospel was preached. So I made this statement at the men's breakfast based on that scripture. That healing is not extraneous to the gospel. It is intrinsic to it. And that's why Jesus, when He sent them, not when they just got up and went, but when they were God sent. Can you say amen? When Jesus sent them, He said, go and preach the gospel. Is that it? Is that it? That's all seminary cares about is getting you theologically trained to preach the gospel. Listen, we need to define the gospel. If we're going to go and preach the gospel, we need to preach the whole counsel of God. Can you say amen? We need to, oh, hallelujah, praise God. Amen. Healing is not extraneous to the gospel. It is intrinsic to it. There is no preaching of the gospel without the healing of the sick that I read in the New Testament. If there is, it isn't the New Testament gospel. Thank you for the hearty amens. Gives you something to think about. Yeah. Yeah, who are... who, Who... Are you really Him? I just made a statement that you're the Messiah. That you're the promised one. If I miss this, I messed up in, a, in the worst way I could ever mess up. Now, they're wanting to kill me. But before, if you do allow them to, to, to kill me, if you allow me to be a martyr for your cause, I want to make sure that what I said was correct. I said, this is Him. When Jesus came, He said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the whole world. He's going to pay the price. He used sacrificial language. The Lamb of God. Behold the what? The Lamb. The great anointed one that healing flows from. No, the sacrifice Lamb. See, it all flows from His sacrifice on the cross. And that is the core of the Gospel. Who Himself, 1 Peter 2, chapter 24, Who Himself bare our sins on the cross, with whose stripes ye were healed. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Faith to be healed. Most people go to God not to believe Him for it, but to get Him to do it. To see if He will do it. And now that we don't even believe the Bible is... is to be taken literally anymore in so many circles, where there's an absence of the presence and power of God. There is a teaching, and it puts God in the vague, mysterious level. You can't know what to expect from Him. 
I love the way he, what he said to ancient Israel. He said, I know my thoughts. I know my thoughts that I think towards you. I don't need somebody to reinterpret, explain away, apologize for any promise I've made or any purpose of mine. I know my thoughts. Come on. The Word of God is all Scripture is given by what? The inspiration of God who says, I know my thoughts. Don't explain away. Don't apologize for me. Just because it ain't happening in your group or to you, don't, don't, don't explain it away. People get upset when God starts moving. In every revival where God has moved, a bunch of people leave those churches. Did you realize that? Not everybody stays. You think everybody wants revival. But if it conflicts with their set belief, I call them concrete Christians. Thoroughly mixed and permanently set. Can you say amen? Amen. Concrete Christians. Honey, we need to re-examine the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because they preached the gospel at Lystra. And a man sat there and heard what? The gospel. (laughs) Who never had walked from his mama's womb. Hallelujah. And Paul in the midst of preaching who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that God wanted to heal him? No. Perceiving that he had the faith to be healed. Everybody say, wow. Wow. Say it backwards. Wow. Wow. Did he perceive that God willed? Or did he perceive that God had provided and a man had the faith to receive it? Because in the gospel, God has made a provision. Everybody say the new covenant. Get used to looking at the New Testament as what testament really means. Now, you've heard of the last will and testament. This is not what the New Testament is. Testament in the Greek is covenant. It's in covenant language. And the first step in getting faith to trust God for whatever your need is, when you hear the gospel preached, is to understand, and we're going to have to get in depth, and I would like to print all these scriptures out and just hand them out. So everybody's got them in your hand. Would you come for a teaching like that? For faith to be healed? Not just crying out to God for it. Because when you have faith to receive it, God's already made the provision. It's not something in the gospel of Christ that He has to decide to do. It's something, you were healed? Is that something He decides on a daily basis or something He's provided? And it's in the past tense. Everybody say faith to be healed. See, we, we, we want to get people in a healing line because of an anointing or the authority of Jesus' name before we even build any faith to be healed. Jesus was the most anointed man in His humanity that ever stepped on this planet. And yet He required faith in everybody that came to Him. Someone would come to Him and say, Lord, there's a blind man, blind Bartimaeus. He sat by the wayside begging. He couldn't see, but... Because when your sight's gone, you develop your other senses to a higher level. And he heard that crowd. 
And he said, what's that all about? They said, well, Jesus is coming this way. And they're all over him and they're shouting hosannas and they're trying to touch him and and reach out to him. And he said, oh, you mean the Jesus that I've heard about? The Jesus that I've been hearing all this about? And suddenly hope, hope, hope came alive within him. Amen. Faith doesn't produce hope. Hope is the atmosphere for faith to operate in. Amen. Hope is the beginning of it all. The first thing he had was hope. Hope. Peter and John at the gate, beautiful silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Hope jumped up. He got something to give me. Can you say, man, it can begin with in the material and then it can shift over into the spiritual. You can see the, the ebb and flow of it. Amen. They said, they said, they said he's begging. And, and the first thing they said, just put him deeper into hopelessness. He said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I. Hope jumps up. Everybody say, hope jumps up. Hope, biblically defined, is the glad anticipation of future good. I'm going to backtrack just for a moment. I know my thoughts, I think, toward you. I know my thoughts, I think, toward you. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To give you what? An expected end. What is hope? What is hope? What is hope? The glad anticipation. Not the sad resignation. But the glad anticipation. Listen, the glad anticipation. If I can touch the hem of his garment, hallelujah. Hope is what caused her to act on her faith. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You say, Brother Venable, which is most important, hope or faith? Well, if you're flying in an airliner, which wing do you want to fall off? The right wing or the left wing? How many would prefer that both wings stay on the plane? Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hope. Hope. Hope rises up when someone hears the gospel. And when you believe the gospel, amen, faith then follows hope. Hope is the glad anticipation of future good. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. Listen to me carefully. The gospel gives everybody hope. It gives the sinner hope. It gives the bound prisoner of of sin hope. It gives the addict hope. It gives the harlot hope. It gives the pimp hope. It gives the drug sexual abuser hope. It gives the man headed for the for the electric chair or, or headed for the death chamber. It gives him hope. There's hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And when hope begins to develop within us, like it did in the man at the gate, beautiful, faith comes right behind him. Faith doesn't come first. Hope comes first. The God of hope fill you with hope in believing. Can you say, man, we're not like others who have no hope. Outside of the kingdom, they are without God and without hope. No wonder they drink. They drink up, they toke up, and they shoot up because they have no real hope. They're helpless uh, to change anything in their life, and they have nothing beyond themselves to help them and give them hope. When they hear the gospel of Jesus, there's hope. 
There's hope. There's hope. There's hope. In fact, tribulation can develop hope. And patience. Hope thou in God. David said, oh, he talked to himself because we, you don't divorce yourself from the reality of your humanity. He said, so. Must have caught himself a glance of himself in the mirror. But he looked past his countenance and saw his inner man and said, Soul, why art thou dis- Why art thou discouraged? Why art thou disquieted within me? Why all of this agitation and this worry and this fretting and this anxiety? Why are you in that condition? Hope. He said, Hope thou in God. For he shall yet be the health of thy countenance. Can you say amen? If you don't turn loose a hope, hope won't let you down. Can you say amen? Put your hope in the Lord. Hope thou in God. For he shall yet see that you might have an expected end. Glory to God. He knew that he had a covenant with God. He knew that he had a covenant with God. I'm going to tell you something. Covenants didn't stop. They changed. But God never quit being a covenant God, a covenant-keeping God. In fact, there's a man that always intrigued me because of his great faith. In the gospel, you're going to understand that you've entered into a blood covenant, and it's a better covenant established on better promises. And the old one ain't bad. Can I give you some words from the old covenant? That David was under? Psalm 103, verses 1 through 4. Would you like to hear something that was happening in the Old Covenant? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is in me. Bless His holy name and forget not His benefits. Who forgives all of thy iniquity. Who heals all of thy diseases. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. And he delivers your soul from destruction. And what does the Bible teach in the new covenant? For the blood of Jesus speaks of better things. Do we throw away the old and live in some kind of spiritual vacuum where God is not allowed to move anymore because we have a book and educated preachers? Is God still God? Is Christ risen from the dead? Is He here? Is He in the room? Where two or more gather together in my name, I'm sitting aloof in heaven. No, I'm right there. Is He in you? Christ better be in you. That's your hope of glory. Christ in you is the what? Is the Holy Spirit in you. He's the earnest of our inheritance. He's the down payment on heaven. What God is saying is, if the holiest ones of... Is God the Father in you? Is He in me? Well, He's not just in the room. He's in the temple. He's not just in the church. The, the church is where the temple comes to worship. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said the church. 
is where the temple comes to worship. And Paul looked out at all these temples of the Holy Spirit and the living God. And he said, what? Or what? Can you say amen? He did. He said, what? He looked at people, beleaguered, discouraged, cast down, helpless and becoming hopeless. He said, what? Don't you get it? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is within you right here and right now? Faith to be healed. i got to hurry and do this. And yet i got to slow down and, and try to get it over. Man, that really intrigued me with his faith in the Old Covenant was Shama. Shama. Back in the Old Covenant, but he knew he had a covenant. I, I, I asked the Lord, where did this faith come from? Where did it come from? Because I don't have that kind of faith. Where did it come from? And where did he get it back in the Old Covenant? Where did he get this faith from? Because it said the Philistines were gathered together un, into a troop. There was a platoon of them. And God's people were out working in their fields. They had a pea patch, a field of lentils. Amen. And there's a sermon title for this. This is the last time I'm leaving my, my, my pea patch. It was their land. It was given to them by covenant. Come on, it was the, what kind of land was it? When they went over to possess it, what kind of land was it called? What kind of land was it called? The, the what kind of land? The, you mean God promised it to them and they possessed what He promised? And once they possessed it, someone came along to try to get them to dispossess what He had purposed. To, I know my thoughts towards you. Amen. When we get dispossessed from that that God has provided through Christ for us, we begin to change our doctrine to accommodate our defeat. God wants to change our defeat into victory. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Come on. We might as well have to quit praying if we don't have any idea what God is going to do when we pray. Can you say amen? Oh, Brother Venable, His ways are above our ways as far as the heavens are. But I understand that. I understand that. Let me put it in the New Testament. Listen to this. I has not seen. Ear has not heard. You will hear this at a funeral. And, and it's okay to apply it to heaven, but that's not what it's about. That is a secondary use of the Scripture. But the specific use is not about heaven. Hallelujah. I has not seen. We think of the heavenly city. I don't know what it's going to look like. It's going to be better than where I'm living here. Can you say, I can't wait to get it. We see South Fork. Anybody remember Dallas? Yeah, you, you, you don't look old enough to remember Dallas. Oh, you mean the new Dallas. Or the old Dallas. Okay, I can fist bump you today. We're... We, we, not yeah, she remembers Dallas. Remember, we went to Buckhorn Springs in Atlanta, and that's where the big mansions are. I mean, wow. <laughs> that place was something else. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men what God hath prepared for them that love Him. We immediately begin to look toward heaven. It's a good funeral sermon. Oh, whatever you think it is, is going to be better. But can I put it in context? Would you like to hear it in context? Would you like to know what he's really trying to tell us? 
eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of a man what God hath prepared for them that love Him. But He has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. By the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Not heaven someday, but the kingdom of God here and now. Can you say man? The presence of God here and now. The resurrected Christ here and now. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob here and now. Here and now. Say here and now. Oh, it's going to be wonderful in the sweet by and by. But we're living in the nasty now and now. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Listen to me. Won't it be wonderful there? I I still sing that song. But I'm not there yet. I need some help down here. Can you say amen? Here and now. Now faith is. You're not going to need help there. You're going to be in a body just like His. And believe me, those migraines ain't going to happen. Snap, crackle, and pop isn't going to occur when you roll out of bed in the morning because of your old bones. Can you say, man, this, this old bone bag is going to put on something new and entirely different. It'll be the same body in a glorified state. Somebody said, will we know each other when we get to heaven? If I flew to Dallas and you flew to Dallas, I'm talking about in a plane. I'm not talking about, you know, being transported. But if we met in the Dallas Metroplex... Changing planes, would you know me? Would I know you? Absolutely. We'll we'll know. The Bible said we will know as we are known. Praise God. How do I know you? I know you by your visible, your your visage. I recognize your features. I know us white people are hard to tell sometimes because we all look alike, but that's just, you know, you you just look at us a little closer. Amen. Right, Brother Taylor? You've got to look at him a little close. First, I thought he was Tom Cruise till he took his dark glasses off. Then I saw he just looked like Tom Cruise's daddy. <laughs> Can you say man? Or granddaddy. I don't know which. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. It's never entered into the heart of man. What God hath prepared for them that love it. And it's included. It's in, it's in the gospel. If you hear the whole counsel of God, you're going to hear that you are no more sinners saved by grace. You were sinners. You have been saved by grace. But now, it's all about the now, isn't it? Now. What about now? Everybody say right now and don't make me have to explain it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Right now. We are what? It does not yet appear what we shall be. We can't see. We look through a glass darkly past the now. But there's some things we see clearly in the now. Now we see this clearly. Now you are the sons of God. And if sons of God, then you are heirs of God. And if you are heirs of God, you are joint heirs with Jesus. You know, the Bible said that we have been seated with Him in heavenly places, in spiritual, in a spiritual dynamic and dimension. We have been seated with Christ. We've been seated with Christ. You know what the Greek says? You're going to have to get your faith from somewhere. Get it, 
get it working just a little bit. It said we begin joint seating. That, that doesn't mean you're divine. I always put it this way. According to James, according to John 15, He's divine. And you're the branch. Can you say man? But the glory of the gospel is that the God who talked about His only begotten Son now speaks of every child of God through faith in Christ as His sons and daughters. That's the joint seeding. It's not having the same authority as Jesus, but it's having delegated authority from Jesus Christ. And part of that authority is based on not Holy Ghost power, but legal forensic authority. As many as received Him, to get them gave He the power. Now listen, when Pentecostals hear the word power, they go... There's not just power in the blood. There's power, power, power. And it's hard to get it in. It's hard to keep the beat sometimes when we get really excited about that. Amen. There is power, power, wonder-working power. Or in Kentucky, we said there's power, power, wonder-working power. In the blood of the Lamb, there is power, power, wonder-working power. In the precious, you've got to be from Kentucky, but you'll get it later. The precious blood of the Lamb. There's power in the blood of the Lamb. And we get excited. We say, there's power, 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 power. And then we take it to the next level. We go into the next level. Can you say, man, there's power, power, power. And you've got to get it in before you lose the beat. Every time we hear power, we think of the Holy Ghost and, and the, the awesome supernatural ability that He gives. But as many as received Him gave He power. Not the power of the Holy Spirit, which is dunamis, but it's another Greek word, and it means the authority. It means you have been adopted into the royal family by God Himself. And you are authorized to call God your Father. And He has given authorization to Himself to call you His very sons and His very daughters. And you know what I love about that? God tells me as a daddy, if you being evil according to your flesh, ain't no good thing in there by the way. That's why you got to put it on a cross and crucify it daily. If you being evil know how to give good things to your children, if your son asks a fish, will you give him a stone? If he asks for bread, will you give him a serpent? See, we need to get our expectation out there. Amen. If you being evil know how to do good to your children, how much more will your, your heavenly Father, not your force in the, your impervious force in the universe, sitting aloof in His heaven, but your heavenly Father. When my dad was alive, anything he had in his fridge was mine. In fact, he put stuff in there to get me to come over. Especially for me. I, I, I like root beer, which is for the people that don't understand. It's Pentecostal hooch. Can you say amen? And I liked root beer. He always had root beers in it. I'd come in, and I never knocked. I never knocked on my daddy's house. I didn't have to knock. I knew I was welcome. I knew when he saw me, he'd be glad to see me. 
I knew I was always welcome. I did not have to feel like I had to to see if He would let me come in, if He was too busy to see me. He was never too busy to see me. He was rejoicing when I came to His house. Had a screen door, didn't have a latch on it. That's back in the day. Now you've got a security door with a sign on it that says, you know, due to the high cost of ammunition, we will no longer... We will, we will no longer be able to fire a warning shot. Sorry for the inconvenience. Or the other one that said trespassers will be shot. If they survive, they will be shot again. This is a tough world that we're living in right now. I never had to knock. I didn't have to ask. May I have a cold drink? It's my father. It's my daddy. I walked to the refrigerator and got my root beer. And all the time I'm going to get it, he said, I got your cold root beer waiting for you. He had made the provision. And I knew where it was, and I just went to get what is mine. Because that root beer wasn't his. My grandmother drank Pepsi. She lived to be 105 years old on sugar and caffeine. I know it's wrong. I don't give, I'm not advocating. I'm just telling you, she lived to be 105. And she did it all wrong. <laughs> but she got up every day optimistic. She got up every day optimistic. She didn't sweat it. We sweated it when she made such silly decisions there at the end. But she didn't sweat it. She didn't sweat it at all. I think the anxiety is worse than anything else we can do to ourselves. Amen. So why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for he shall yet be the health of thy countenance. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. All right. Shama is in the midst of that pea patch. The Philistines gather together into a troop to come and run them off and take their harvest. And when the Jews saw that we're working, this is Abraham's seed now. They have a covenant with God. But you've got to claim that covenant on your part. And they all fled except one man. And it said he stood in the midst of the field and defended it. And the only thing he could have had was an implement, some agricultural implement. He didn't have a sword and spear and bow and arrow. He didn't turn into the Incredible Hulk. Amen? But he defended it. He defended what was his by what? What kind of land was that he was on? Promised land. How did he get it? By covenant with Abraham. And he was Abraham's what? Seed. Being Abraham's seed means you've got a covenant with God through Abraham. And if you claim the covenant as Jonathan and his armor told his armor bearer, it makes no difference at that point to God whether to save by many or to save by few. All that matters is somebody claimed the covenant and for their sake I'm going to keep the covenant. Everybody say there's 11,000 down and there's one standing. Psalm 91, there's a covenant. 
We need it bad in this troubled, perilous time that we're living in when there's diseases and disasters all around us because Thou hast made the Lord thy God, thy habitation, and under His wings Thou art come to trust. Thou shalt not be afraid. Amen. Of the terror that walketh by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor the plague that wasteth at noonday. They're getting the plague in Yellowstone from squirrels and they shut part of it down. Two little boys in Yellowstone, beautiful park, just got killed in their tent by a falling limb. We need a covering. Because thou hast made the Lord thy God. Because you decided to claim the covenant. Because you decided to stand on the promise. Thy habitation and under his wing thou art come to trust. There shall no evil befall thee. A thousand... See if my math is right. Come on. You're ahead of the math department. A thousand shall fall at your side. And ten thousand at your right hand. Is that eleven thousand down? Does that mean God don't keep covenant? No. It means there's eleven thousand didn't claim it. Oh, you're not hearing me today. That means there's eleven thousand who didn't claim it, but there's one man that's claiming it. You don't define God's promises by how many people are missing it. You define it by the one who gave it. Oh, you didn't hear me today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By the, I know my thoughts. Don't explain it away. Don't mess with it. Don't add to it. Don't take from it. Declare what I have said so that faith can rise up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A thousand shall fall at your right hand, at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee because you have loved me. Amen. Because you have loved me. Put your trust in me. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You're not part of the statistics. You're not part of the, uh, of the, of the fallen world that's without God and without hope. You're part of the covenant family of Almighty God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. There said a man at Lystra who never had walked, lame from his mother's womb, who heard the gospel. And Paul perceiving that he had the faith to be healed. And steadfastly beholding him said with a loud voice, Stand upon thy feet. Jesus makes thee whole. And immediately he was healed. And revival broke out at Lystra. Because God confirmed his word. To preach about a living, loving, listening, lifting God. And to see nobody get any help. Nobody fare any better than the world about them. Amen. While declaring all this in great theological truth from the pulpit with no manifestation. There's something terribly, terribly wrong. Can you say amen? But to see the hand of God move. Last Sunday as I preached, I, you know I fell and I hurt myself. I banged myself up and I, I don't bounce anymore. Amen. My arm turned blue and yellow and reddish 
and my joints and swelling in my elbow looked like I had a goose egg on my elbow and then back in my tricep I don't know it really was something and I've, it's been so sore and so stiff and, and certain ways you, you roll over when you're sleeping and, and then you feel the pain you've got to readjust yourself and then you're woke up and interrupted sleep and all that last Sunday while the praise was going up to God I, I, you might have seen me doing this <laughs> Amen. I just felt like now's the time to claim my covenant. Now's the time to make contact. It's it's not all gone, but so much of it's gone, I hardly notice it. Amen. But there's a point where hope reaches out and faith rises up. And I, I came to church with the glad anticipation of future good. I came to church... In my heart, knowing if I get under that anointing, that same anointing that's flowing through me, amen, is flowing to me. Glory to God. And God is in this building, and God is in this temple, and God is in this place. And you are, are you and I are the sons and daughters of Almighty God. I asked, how did he receive that? And the answer is so clear. There's only one way he could stand while everybody else is running away. Number one, he knew he was, and he knew his covenant rights. One of you, covenant. This is the covenant. One of you that are in covenant with me. One of you. One of you shall chase a thousand. And if you ever get together on it, (laughs) hallelujah, amen, it doesn't add, it multiplies the power of God. Two of you shall put 10,000 to flight. They will come against you one way in a great unified force set on your destruction, but they will flee before you seven ways. Can you say, man, hallelujah. Seven is God's perfect number, which means He's going to give them a perfect defeat and give you a perfect victory. Hallelujah. But you've got to know your covenant. You can't just go to church and watch the choir sing and listen to the preacher talk. You've got to, you've got to hear something from the Word of God that tells you who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you and what He's done for you at the cross and how it affects you here and now. Can you say amen? And I want to teach about that covenant. I want you to know the tabernacle is Jesus in the old covenant. Every piece of it is Jesus. There ain't a piece of it in there that ain't Jesus in type and foreshadow. This book is about Jesus from the beginning. It's oh, all the way to the end. And everything that God has provided is because of the cross. And that's why Paul said, who preached the gospel at Lystra, I know what he preached. He didn't start preaching healing initially. He preached Christ and Him crucified. But through that shed blood and that sacrifice, amen, it opened the door to all of the blessings of God by a blood covenant. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I don't want to know. Amen. Sister Hoopendigger's mad because you didn't shake her hand last Sunday. Well, I'm sorry. I was probably turned around worshiping God and, and I had a hold of his hand and I just couldn't turn loose to catch Sister Hoopendigger. Can you say amen? I wish I didn't know that. I don't need to know that. What I need to know is this. I don't want to know it. Oh, I don't know what Trump has said. No telling what the man has said. Can you say amen? I don't care. Amen. Any more. Listen. 
listen to me. Amen. Listen. I don't want to know anything among you. The isms and the schisms. No. I don't know anything. Listen. i got to have faith to believe my God. I don't want to argue religion. I want to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lot of people disagree with me. I don't blog. I don't want to argue. If you say it's black, somebody's going to say it's white. Just for the sake of argument. I know what I know. I got a Popeye attitude. I'm a son of the living God. I am what I am. And that's all that I am. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Will you stand to your feet today? I don't want to know anything among you. But Christ and Him crucified. That is the core of the gospel. It's saved and delivered in the first century. It will save and deliver in the 21st century. It healed and set free in the 1st century. And it will heal and set free in the 21st century. Because that Jesus is alive and well. And this God is still a covenant-keeping God. And you're going to go to heaven because God keeps His covenant of love to a thousand generations. Can you say amen? So call upon Him in the time of trouble. And He will deliver you. And you will glorify Him. Hallelujah. How many need help from God? It could be emotional. It could be physical. It could be mental. It could be spiritual. But you need His healing hand to touch you today. It may be a broken heart that needs a healing. Whatever it is, I believe there's faith to be healed. Why do you believe that? Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Can you say, man, hallelujah. So I believe, I believe the faith to receive is here. And the God to grant is here as well. That's, that's the two ingredients that is necessary for miracles to occur in this room to this people today.